0: Wa so, InshaAllah today we're going to be starting With Masjid al-Qiblatain So The story of the change Of the Qibla From Baitul Maqdis Known as Jerusalem To Masjid al-Haram Is proven in the Quran And also in the Sunnah so of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Allahu Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala He says at the start of The second juz of the Quran He says Sayakulussufaha'u minan Uminanasima ma wallahum an qiblatihim alayha. kanu hil Qullillahi al-mashriq wal-maghrib Yahdi man yashau ila siratin mustaqim minan That the fools, the foolish ones Amongst the people They will say What has turned them, the Muslims From the Qibla To which they used to pray Or which they used to face to So they used to face what? They used to face Baitul Maqdis so the foolish ones, people from the hypocrites, people from the pagans, from the Jews, they would say that these fools, these foolish people, why are they changing their qibla? Say, O Muhammad, to Allah belongs both the east and the west. Right? Say, O Muhammad, that to Allah belongs al-Mashrīq al-Maghrib. Belongs the east and the west. Yahdi may yasha'u ila sirati mustaqim. And that he guides whomsoever he wills to the straight path. And the next verse. Wa kathalika ja'alnakum ummatan wasatan li takoonu shuhada'a Thus we have made you true Muslims. And وَجَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا And we have made you a wasat, a just nation. لِتَكُونُوا شُهَدَاءَ الناس That you may be witness over mankind. وَيَكُونَ الرَّسُولُ عَلَيْكُمْ شَهِيدًا And that we made the messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That he be a witness over you. وَمَا جَعَلْنَا الْقِبَلَةَ الَّتِي كُنْتَ عَلَيْهَا And that we made the qibla, which you used to face, as only a test to those, right كُنْتَ عَلَيْهَا إِلَّا لِنَعْلَمَ مَنْ يَتَّبِعُ الرَّسُولَ مِنْ مَنْ يَنْقَلِبُ عَلَىٰ عقبي. Only a test for those who follow the messenger, from those who turned unto the hills. وَإِنْ كَانَتْ la إِلَّا عَلَىٰ الَّذِينَ هَدَىٰ اللَّهِ Indeed, it was a great, heavy, Except for those who Allah guided. Right? It was heavy on them. It was something that they didn't want to do. But they had to. Because this was an order from Allah. وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُضِيعَ إِمَانَكُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ بِالنَّاسِ الرَّحِيمُ And Allah would never make your faith praise to be lost. For indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is full of kindness. And indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is full of kindness. Raufur Rahim And He is the most merciful towards mankind. And the next verse. قَدْ نَرَا تَقَلُّبَ وَجَهِكَ فِي السَّمَاءِ فَلَنُوَلِّيَنَّكَ قِبْلَةً تَرْضَاهَ That indeed, we have seen the turning of your face, O Muhammad. Towards the heavens فَلَنُوَلِّيَنَّكَ قِبْلَةً تَرْضَاهَا And surely we shall turn you to a qibla That shall please you فَوَلِّي وَجْهَكَ شَلْطَرًا الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامُ So turn your face in the direction of al-masjid al-haram وَحَيْثُمَا كُنتُمْ فَوَلُّوا هُجُوهَكُمْ شَلْطَرًا and wheresoever you people are, turn your faces in that direction. Wherever you are, whether you're in South Africa, whether you're in Jordan, whether you're in Egypt, whatever country you are, turn your face to where? To the direction of Al-Masjid Al-Haram, to the direction of Makkah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِنَّ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ لَيَعْلَمُونَ أَنَّهُ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ وَمَا اللَّهُ بِغَافِلٍ عَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ عَمَّا يَعْمَلُونَ Sorry. Certainly the people who were given the scriptures know well that your turning towards the direction of the Kaaba at Makkah in praise is the truth from their Lord, and Allah is not unaware of that which they do. So these three verses, right, verse number 142, number 143 and 144 of Surah Al-Baqarah, the start of the second Jews, speaks about the changing of the Qibla. Imam Al-Bukhari, he brings a narration in his sahih from Al-Bara ibn Azib. That when the Prophet peace be upon him first came to Medina He stayed with his grandfathers or his maternal uncles Amongst the Ansar And he prayed facing Beitul Maqdis For about 16 or 17 months So that's about what? One and a half years? But he wanted his Qibla to be towards the Kaaba Must remember Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he didn't want to leave Mecca. Right? We did the Harir. His heart still yearned to face Mecca or to be as close to Mecca as possible. The first prayer he offered after the Qibla was changed was Salatul Asr. And some people prayed with him. Then one of the men who had prayed with him went out and passed by some people who were praying in a mosque. And they were bowing. He said, I bear witness by Allah that I just prayed with the Prophet, peace be upon him, facing towards Makkah. And they turned around as they were to face the Kaaba. The Jews and the people of the book used to like it when he faced, or when he prayed towards Beitul Makdis, when he turned his face towards the Kaaba, they did not like this. This is a hadith in Bukhari. With regards to the manner in which the companions turned around whilst they were praying, when news reached them that the Qibla had been changed, it was as follows. The Imam turned around, and those who were with him shifted from their places in a half circle, so that the Imam shifted the back of the mosque on the side closest to the Kaaba, and then the men ended up behind him And the woman ended up behind The men had been originally The word translated as "turn around in the hadith Quoted above does not mean that the uh, imam cut through the rows But rather it may be understood That what happened was simply that he shifted Hafiz ibn Hajar He explained or well, he said an explanation of how they turned around is given in the hadith of Thuwayla bint Aslam. Which was narrated by Ibn Abi Hatim. And I said something similar. She said the woman moved to the men's place and the men moved to the woman's place. And we prayed the last two raka'as facing the Kaaba. That understood. He carries on right? Ibn Hajar And he says I say To give a vivid image Of what happened The Imam shifted From his place At the front of the mosque To the back of the mosque So that was the front Or here was the Front Right So now he shifted From here to where To there Because the one Who faces Towards the Kaaba In Medina Will have His back to but like it And if he had turned around on the spot There would have been not enough room Behind him for the rows of the worshippers They would not be able to come When the imam shifted The men also shifted until they were behind him And the women shifted until they were behind the men This requires a great deal of movement in prayer It is possible that this happened Before the prohibition of moving a great deal in prayer And it probably also happened before The prohibition of talking During the Salah Or it may be understood As meanings that the actions mentioned Were overlooked because of the great significance Of the matter in question And what was this matter? Was the matter of facing Qibla This is a prerequisite of your Salah So if you don't face Qibla Your Salah won't be accepted Or it may be that when they shifted, they did not move all in one go. Rather, it was a gradual shifting, and Allah knows best what actually happened. And this you will find in the explanation of Sahih Bukhari, known as Fathul Bari. Now I'm going to come to a (laughs) mas'ala. I want to hear your views. Is it allowed or is there a specific masjid in Medina known as Masjidul Qiblatayn? I'm going to make it simple. If you say yes, raise your hands. Okay, first, who says yes? Can raise your hands. Is there a masjid in Medina known as Masjidul Qiblatayn? Yes? One, two, three. Anyone else? Don't know? Don't know. So those that didn't put up your hands, you don't know. Okay. So this is a masjid which is named Masjid al And if you go there, what do the people tell you? What do they tell you when you go there? This is the Masjid where the Qibla changed. And if you face Qibla and you turn around, they even show you it's demarcated, that they used to face that way. Okay. So we find that there were various Masajid. Now listen carefully. There were various Masajid that Salah was made in, and the Qibla changed. The masjid of the Prophet known as Masjid Nabawi. This was the masjid. They made salah and whilst making salah, the qibla changed. Masjidul Kuba as well. They were making salah in the masjid and the qibla changed. So this brings us to a masala. That there is no specific masjid in Medina that has the virtue of the Qibla changing. What do I mean? That the understanding that Masjid-u Qiblatain, that they're going to take you to when you go there, that this was the specific Masjid in which Qibla changed, then this Masjid has no virtue in that. Right? If there was any Masjid that would have had this virtue, then it would have been Masjid-u nabawi because this was the Masjid where Muhammad Sallallahu made Salah and the Qibla changed. Then what happened afterwards? The Sahaba would go out. and they went to Masjid Kuba and they saw people praying, and then they announced. Then they announced that the Qibla has changed and the people changed their Qibla in the Salah. Then they went to various Masjids. So is this understood? That mashidu kiblatain, it does not carry any special virtue. There's no special virtue there. Understood? Is there any questions before we move on? No questions? Taib. (laughs) Nam habib. No, so, right, for example, there's a hadith, I, I just, the hadith slips my mind. It's either Anas ibn Malik who narrates it, or Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, one of them, I need to just double check. And then they specifically said, that when they were in Masjid Quba, someone came and announced, or one of them announced, and the people changed. So for that one, they specifically mentioned, Masjid Quba. Okay, I I just need to double check the Harir It just slipped my mind The next important event In Medina That we're going to look at Is the battle of Uhud The battle of Uhud Which battle In terms of chronological order In terms of number What number that's the Battle of Uhud for that, the second battle. So this was the second battle in Islam, which took place in the year three after Hijrah. Now the Battle of Uhud is named after a mountain range, known as the mountain range of Uhud. And what did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam? What did he say? About this mountain range, and you know what the Prophet what he said about the mountain range of Uhud. He said, "This mountain loves us, and we love it." Subhanahu. This mountain range, it loves us, and we love it. So. After the humiliating defeat in the battle of Badr one year early here. So which year was the battle of Badr? The second year after? Hijrah. The Quraysh of Makkah made preparations to muster a great army to fight the Muslims and take revenge. They assembled an army of 3,000 soldiers with 300 camels, 200 horses and 700 Coats of mail, meaning like armor. Wives and daughters of slain chiefs in Badr accompanied the army to see with their own eyes the spectacle of the killers being killed. Hind, the daughter of Utbah, was the leader of the woman section. And the husband, Abu Sufyan, was the commander. Did Abu Sufyan became Muslim. Hey? Became Muslim. And who was his son? Muawiyah? Was Muawiyah not the son of Abu Sufyan? Right? Muawiyah was the son of Abu Sufyan. And who was the famous son of Muawiyah? Yazid. Right? Right? So Yazid's lineage reads as follows Yazid ibn Muawiyah ibn Abu Sufyan And Muawiyah's lineage reads, reads as follows Muawiyah ibn Abu Sufyan And I don't know what Abu Sufyan's father who he was Right by Abu Sufyan he was a Sahabi And Muawiyah Was a companion as well. And we're going to touch on the companions a bit later. So Abu Sufyan at this time, he was obviously not Muslim. He was commander in chief of the Makkan army. And the left and the right flanks were commanded by Ikrimah ibn Abi Jahal. So Abu Jahal, he was killed where? He was killed in Badr. Who killed him? Right, if my memory serves me correctly, it was one of two. Either Ali radiyallahu an or Hamza. I'm not too sure, right? I need to check that. But it was either Ali or it was Hamza. And Khalid ibn Walid, right, so Ikrimah, he took the left flank. Ikrimah ibn Abi Jahal, So he was the son of Abu Jahad. Khalid ibn Walid, he obviously wasn't Muslim at this time as well. So he took the lead of the right flank. Amr ibn al-Aas was named the commander of the cavalry. And his task was to coordinate the attack between the cavalry wings. All three subsequently became Muslim. Amr ibn al-'As, he had a son, he was known as Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-'As. Abu Huraira, r.a. Right, he said that there was nobody that memorized more hadith or that knew more hadith or recorded more hadith than me except Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As فَهُوَ يَكْتُبُ وَأَنَا لَا أَكْتُبُ He said that there was no one that recorded more a hadith than me This is found in Bukhari and Muslim. There was no one that recorded more hadith than me, except for Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As. This was the son of Amr ibn As. Because indeed he wrote, and I never wrote. So whosoever, this is now not hadith, this is my words, that whoever says to you that hadith was not written in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he does not know the sciences of hadith. Because Hadith was written In the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Yes Hadith was codified In The time Of the Tabi'in, In the time of Imam Al-Bukhari In the time of Imam Abu Hanifa In the time of Imam Malik Then Hadith was codified It was What is sahih What is ta'if Etc But don't be fooled by people That says that Hadith was never written in the time of the Prophet sallallahu because this is proof that it was written, and on top of this, Abu Bakr an, Ali radiallahu an, and a few other Sahaba, they had books of Hadith written. Right? They had books of Hadith written. And if you want to want to know more of this topic, on the Taiba website there is. A course known as the status of the Sunnah in Islam. Something that which I taught. I taught it twice. I taught it I think two or three years ago. So I removed that recording and I taught it again in 2019, last year. It's a ten week series. If you're interested in the field of hadith to know how hadith developed etc. Then you can have a listen to that. bi ta'ala. So, Amr ibn As was named the commander of the Calvary. And, like we said, the three of them, they became, all of them became Muslim. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he left Medina for the valley of Mount Uhud. Now, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, you need to realize something here. For those that has been in Medina, you take a bus drive. Right from the Haram, from your the hotel, they take you to Kuba. From Kuba, you drive to the what they call the Sabah Masajid. From the Sabah Masajid, you drive past Mashilukti Blate. From there, you drive to Uhud. Right? It takes you like 10 20 minutes to drive. Now, obviously, in the time of the Prophet, it's not going to take him 10 or 15 minutes. Right? It's like a mission. They had to take their food, they had to take their tents, they had to take everything. So they went with approximately 700. Soldiers. Zubair ibn al-Awwam. Who is Zubair ibn al-Awwam? What did the Prophet ﷺ guarantee Zubair with? What did he guarantee him with? With Jannah. The Prophet peace be upon him, he said that the ten, and he named the ten companions, that will be granted Jannah. Right, so the first four was the Khulafa al-Rashidin. Number five was, number five was Talha Ibn Udaydullah Number six was Subair Ibn Awam There's four more Right, four I'll give you homework Next week Right, you should know this You're in the class Right that we did before So you should know this But I gave you six Right I only won four Okay <laughs> So He was Right Zubair ibn Awam Was the commander Of the right wing Munzir Ibn Amr Was the commander Of the left wing Hamza Radiyallahu an The uncle of the prophet Peace be upon him Was made the advanced god Mus'ab Ibn Umayr. What did I say about Musab ibn Umayr last week? Yes. And what else did I say? Didn't I say we're going to speak about Musab today? Right? Speak about him later. He was chosen as the standard bearer of Islam. Meaning the flag bearer. Musab ibn Umayr. He was given the duty of the... To keep the flag. So at that time during the battles they would key flags. I don't know in what today do they still right? Do they still hold them? I don't think everyone's flying drones and planes and stuff like that. Maybe the plane has a the jet or something. I don't know if that has flag like a picture of the flag. Allah or Allah and there was a sahabi by the name of Abu Dujana. Abu Dujana was fortunate enough to receive the Prophet peace be upon him's sword. Before the battle, the Prophet ﷺ, he placed 50 archers under the command of Abdullah ibn Jubair at the mountainside and ordered them strictly to stay there until further orders. Take note of the statement. He ordered them to stay on the mountain until what? Until further orders. They were to obstruct the enemy if they attacked the Muslims from the... Riyah. the two armies they sit upon each other and in the first battle the muslim soldiers concentrated the attack on the 11 standard bearers of the pagans until they were all wiped out as the enemy's standard sank to the ground the muslim sh- soldiers hurled themselves against the enemy abu dujana and hamza radiallahu anhuma, may allah be pleased with both of them fought with great fearlessness And the heroic feats on the battlefield were to become legendary in Muslim military history. This battle we also saw the death of Hamza, the martyrdom. This was also the battle in which he dominated. He was killed by who? Who killed Hamza? Wahshi. Ibn Harb. Who was an Abyssinian slave? The Washi become Muslim. And what did the Prophet tell Wahshi? Hey, Keep your distance. He accepted his Islam by telling him, Keep your distance. Why? Because when I see your face, it reminds me of Hamza. So this is a lesson. Right? I might be digressing a small bit, but this is a lesson, that sometimes you will forgive someone. Correct? But it doesn't mean that we need to be like this now. That we need to be like the Saint-Afrikaans, lame and stuff, chome chome. <laughs> right? So yes, we forgive you, you my Muslim brother, I will greet you and that, but I don't need to I have a with you now, man. You know what you did. right? So we just keep our distance. And the reason also why he killed Hamza was that he became a free slave after that. And his master was Jubair ibn Mut'im. Despite the loss of Hamza, the Muslims managed to overcome the unbelievers, disbelievers who faced with yet another defeat. They began to flee. The pagan women also scattered as some of the Muslim sh- soldiers gave chase. It was at this point of besieged victory that the events began to change. The archers who had been entrusted with the safety of their brothers in faith, They disobeyed the Prophet, peace be upon him, clear orders and deserted their station. They thought that the battle was over. So what happened? They saw that the Muslims, they were involved in the, or they were busy with the booty, with the spills of war. They felt that they also wanted to be part of this and they started to leave their positions. Khalid ibn Walid, he saw this. And what does he do? He comes from the rear and his cavalrymen attack the Muslims from behind, killing many in this process. When the Muslims saw themselves surrounded, they were overtaken by panic and disorder and they failed to map a cohesive plan. The enemy fought their way close to Muhammad alayhi wasalam, who was hit with a rock and fell to his side one of the front teeth of the Prophet sallallahu became chipped. His lower lip was cut and his helmet was damaged. As an enemy soldier thrust his sword at the Prophet sallallahu his bone below the eye and two rings from the Prophet's peace be upon him's helmet pierced him. The blood ran down his face and he wiped it away saying How can a people prosper Who have stained the Prophet's face with blood While he summoned them To their Lord Mus'ab ibn Umair He was targeted by the enemy As he was the Muslims Flag bearer And he was killed Since Mus'ab re- resembled the Prophet Peace be upon him to a great extent The killer Abdullah ibn Kama. Thought he had killed the Prophet peace be upon him And he shouted That he had killed the Prophet peace be upon him Rumours of the death of the Prophet peace be upon him floated through the ranks of the Muslims Grief struck and lost Some of them simply abandoned the battlefield While others were infused with resolve and rallied saying Come let us die for what the Prophet gave his life for The crisis receded only when Kaab ibn Malik Caught a glimpse of Muhammad, peace be upon him, making his way to join the besieged Muslims. Ka'b recognized Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam's eyes, although his face was covered with his helmet, and he cried loudly, O Muslims, rejoice, for here is Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Ka'b's words galvanized the remaining Muslims, and they streamed through the Prophet's side. Within a short time, 30 companions. Assembled around him, the Prophet peace be upon him decided against further combat Wisely choosing to retreat he made his way through the rows and successfully led his troops Towards a mountain pass by retreating Muhammad peace be upon him managed to save his army from further losses losses that had come about from simple disobedience of his orders Disobedience had changed the Muslim victory to a catastrophe. But with Allah's help, the Muslims pulled back from the edge of disaster. You can find more on this in a book known as The History of Madinah to Munawwara. In a book known as When the Moon Split by Saifur Rahman Mubarak Furi. Also you can find information on this, The History of Madinah by Saifur Rahman Mubarak Furi. Or you can find it also in a book known as Al-Rahik al-Mahtoum, the Sealed Nectar, by Safiur Rahman Mubarak Furi. The martyrs of Uhud. There's approximately seventy martyrs that is buried at the battleground of Uhud. Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib was one of the final finest huntsmen and greatest warriors. Of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi He was the uncle of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As well as the cousin of Muhammad sallallahu wa sallam. He was also a mul brother of the Prophet. Peace be upon him. In the battle of Badr. He killed many of the Quraysh nobles. And now he cut his way through their ranks. Like a mighty wave sweeping all before it. One of the Quraysh nobles had had a black slave by the name of Wahshi who could use the javelin with great skill. Hind, the wife of Abu Sufyan, promised Wahshi freedom and his master Jubair bin Mut'im also promised him the same as Hamza had killed his uncle in Badr. So it was Hamza that killed Abu Jahan. Wahshi prowled amongst the fighters Until he saw Hamza He said I held my spear And balanced it well Then I aimed it It entered into his abdomen And went out the other side I waited until he was dead I took my spear And went to the To to wait in the camp There is a story That says what happened With Hamza when he was killed Something happened with Hind Okay And what about the liver Sorry No speak speak Right yes They say that Hind ate the liver This story is not true It is false You find it in many of the Sira books However, there is no authentic chain of narration to it. Okay. So we pass that. Later on in Washi's life, when he became Muslim, he killed someone else also. Who did he kill? Musaylama al Kadhab, who was an imposter. And it is recorded that Washi said that in my time as a non-Muslim, I killed the best of Muslims, Hamza radiallahu anh. and in my time as a Muslim, I killed the worst of Kufar, Musaylama Al-Kadda So when the... Right, so... Right, so in here, the author, he also brings the story that she ate the lover. Right? And we mentioned that this is not true. The next person we're going to look at of the martyrs was Mus'ab ibn Umayr. Does anyone know who Mus'ab was? Any history of Mus'ab? No history? Mus'ab ibn Umayr, he came from an extremely rich family. He's right, they were super rich. They say Mus'ab, so he was he was young, right? So Mus'ab, he wore the best of clothes. Like, so I like how you have a youngster today, he comes out of the riches of family. So he had the best of clothes, you know, maybe diesel, Nike, whatever, right? Wearing the best of clothes at that time. They say Musab, he would wear the best of perfumes, the best of attar. So it was recorded that when Musab would walk, and he takes a corner, and you don't see Musab, but you know Musab was there. Right, you know, so today someone, he wears an expensive attar, he has a beautiful oud. Right, so he taught you in the class, when he leaves the class, and you walk in, you say, ah, you know, maybe I know that person, man. I know that smell. Right? So this is what they... Because he had an expensive attar. Right? And know that the Prophet, sallallahu there were two things that he loved. One of the things that he loved was a good scent, good perfume. So when Mus'ab, right, he would hear the Quraysh. So he wasn't Muslim at this time. He was young. So you hear know, the Quraysh, they always talk about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa how evil he is, how he took them away from their forefathers and worshipping this idol and worshipping that God and this. And Musab, as youngsters generally, oh, what is the nature of a youngster? You tell them, don't do this, they want to do it. Don't go there, they want to go there. So what does Musab do? He goes to go see the gathering of Muhammad. So Allah said, Let me go see, who is this man? So when he comes into the gathering of Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he sees a different picture. He sees that there are men surrounding him, the Sahaba. They are listening intensively. And what this man is saying is not what he heard. Anyways, he sits, he hears about Islam, he embraces Islam. Obviously, I'm cutting a long story short. Musab's mother hears this. What does she do to him? She cuts off everything now. So now Musab doesn't have access to money. Imagine a youngster. Right, he gets everything he wants. Now the parents, they say sorry. Right, now you can't get anything. Well, you did whatever you did. Sorry, no more. Spending money for you, nothing. No more clothing, no more perfume, no more food. So Musab be from the rich Mus'ab, he becomes a poor Mus'ab. All for the sake of Allah, a youngster, gives up everything. The time comes for battle, the battle of Uhud. He becomes the flag bearer. He becomes the flag bearer of Islam. Keeps the flag with his right hand, they chop off his right hand. He keeps a flag with his left hand. They chopped off his left hand. This is in the battle. So now, what does he have? Right, what does in Africa? Stompies. Right, the Hadith mentions that he keeps, kept it also with his stompies. And Musab was martyred. When Musab was martyred, right, he obviously needed to do what? They needed to bury him. They had a sheet to cover him. The sheet couldn't, when it covered Musab's chest, right, obviously the martyrs, they don't cover their faces. When it covered his chest, his feet was exposed. When they covered his feet, his chest was exposed. Meaning, That it wasn't even enough to cover him. But yet Mus'ab was of the richest. But see how he passes away. This was Mus'ab ibn Umayr. Another one. Hanzala. Anyone heard the story of Hanzala? Hanzala, he becomes married just before the call for the battle of Uhud. He gets married He's walking in the marketplace. Right? He's walking in the marketplace. He hears the call for the battle of Uhud. What happens? Right? He's walking and he supposed to have money to give to his spouse, but what does he do? He takes that money and he go buys his armor. But he has his armor, but also he is with his spouse during the night and they consummate their marriage. He hears the call again, the next day he goes out to fight without taking a whistle. He goes out and he goes and he fights and he's killed, he's martyred in the battle of Uh. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he saw Handalah, he said that the Malaika are, they are bathing handallah they are doing his ghusel. This was the, this was the companions. This was the heroes of Islam. This is the men and the women that supported Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Right? The next mas'ala that we're going to look at is the visitation of Uhud. Visiting graves in Islam is sunnah. Right? There's no doubt about this. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, <laughs> That he said that indeed I have been commanded or I command you not to visit graves But now go visit them For indeed the visiting of graves Reminds you of Death So here we learn something What do we learn? We learn That at the start of Islam When the companions were becoming Muslim The visiting of graveyards was prohibited Why do you think it was prohibited? Yes, exactly. Because many of them were new Muslims. Many of them just embraced Islam. So the fear that they might worship the graves, they forbade. Afterwards, the Prophet ﷺ said, "Fazuruha." Now you can go and go visit the graves. So visiting the graveyard of al baqi right? Sunnah. The Prophet ﷺ used to go visit. And also who is buried in ba- Baqih was the third Khalifa of Islam, Uthman ibn Affan. Similarly to go to the battleground of Uhud and visit the graves of the martyrs, including Hamza, this is of the Sunnah, there is narrations that the Prophet Wasallam, even before his demise, he went there and he made dua for the inhabitants of Uhud. He made dua that Allah forgives them. And the dua is simple that you make the same dua that when you go to the graveyard you will make here. And notice that when we would take people, when we were students, we would take people to on the ziyarah. And we would obviously explain here about the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that when we uh, that we make dua. For the inhabitants, we don't make du'a To the inhabitants of the grave Another important lesson That comes under the battle of Uhud Is the lesson Or the importance Of who? Of the companions Of the Prophet Sallallahu And I'm not going to go into too much detail about this but first of all, the definition of a Sahabi, the definition of the companion is the following: Man laqiyan Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Man Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa Musliman wa maata'ala al-Islam. That whomsoever met the Prophet, peace be upon him, as a Muslim, and he passed away as a Muslim, he is a companion. In some books, you will find that they say, Man Ra'a Nabiyyu sallallahu alayhi wa That someone who saw the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Muslim as a Muslim and he died as Islam. Do you think that this definition, which one is better? The one that says, a companion is someone that saw the Prophet sallallahu or the definition that says the one that met the Prophet sallallahu Which one do you think is better? Met. Why? Okay. Eh? Yeah, but someone that saw the Prophet sallallahu Right? The reason for this is that we're saying Someone that says Or the definition Man raa nabi sallallahu Someone that saw it takes out the blind companions Because someone that's blind he cannot see <laughs> Right? So that's why the definition is better Man nabi Those that met with Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu anhu قَالَ حَدَّثَهُمْ أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ سَعِدَ أُحُدًا وَأَبُوْ بَكَرْ وَعُمَرْ وَعُثْمَانَ فَرَجَفَ بِهِمْ فَقَالَ إثبت أُحُد فَإِنَّمَا عَلَيْكَ نَبِيٌّ وَالصِّدِّيقٌ وَالشَّهِدَانَ Anas رضي الله عنه he said the Prophet peace be upon him he climbed up Mount Uhud with Abu Bakr Umar and Uthman The mountain It started to shake The prophet peace be upon him He said Idhbit He said be firm Uhud Be firm O mountain of Uhud Fa Ma That indeed standing on you Is a Nabi, is a prophet Referring to Muhammad Wasallam was Siddiq and the truthful one referring to Abu Bakr was Shahidan and the two martyrs Uthman Umar and Uthman and the mountain kept stopped. these are the virtues of Uhud as well and this hadith teaches us a few things number one it teaches us about Abu Bakr radiyallahu anhu Number two, this hadith also shows us that the Prophet sallallahu Allah granted him certain knowledge that he knew that Umar and Uthman was going to be what? They were going to be martyred. They were both martyred when? After the demise of Muhammad sallallahu What this hadith also teaches us about Uhud and about the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is a hadith of abi an abi sa'idah khudri radiyallahu anhu qala qala an nabiy sallallahu alaihi wasallam la tasub ashabi right and in some narrations it's mentioned thrice la tasub ashabi la tasub ashabi la tasub ashabi falawanna ahadakum anfaqa mithla uhud ذَهَبًا مَا بَلَغَ أَحَدِهِمْ وَلَا نصيفًا. Abu Sa'id khudri he said The Prophet peace be upon him Mentioned To not insult my companions To not speak bad about my companions To not curse my companions If one of you were to spend the likes Of Mount Uhud in gold it would not reach a small portion of this meaning of the companions or half of that. In English terms, you will not be able to get to the footsteps, to the dust of the footsteps of the companions. And for those that has been to Uhud, you know how big the mountain range is. Now imagine that mountain range in gold and silver. Right? All of that, spend all of that, you won't be able to get to the dust, to the footsteps of the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa taala to bless and to guide the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. There could be a lot still said about the companions of the Prophet peace be upon him. Obviously, time does not allow me. Next week, inshallah, we will look at Mashidun Nabawi. Right, the next two weeks. Right, so this is lesson six. I'd right, like I said, I will only go until lesson number eight. Right, I'm giving my last lesson to Sheikh Rida. Right, so, lesson number eight, seven, Masjidu Nabawi, and lesson number eight will be Masjidun Nabawi, and the garden that surrounds Masjidun Nabawi, known as Pani Sa'akif. Where the first Bay'a of Amirul Mukminin, Abu Bakr radiallahu an took place. Bani Saqifa. Sorry. Subhanaka Allahumma bihamdik. Ashhadu anla illa Allah astaghfiruka wa taba'ilayk. Wassallallahu ala sallimah Muhammad alihi wa ala ali wa sahabi ajma'in izani.